A very good morning to every one of you. It's great to be together once again in the house of the Lord. I want to take you today into a, a study. Uh, I want to speak about the crown of creation. And it's very important for us to understand what is the crown of creation. Who is the crown of creation? Okay, let us turn to the book of Job, chapter 7, verse 17. The Bible reads here, What is man that you make so much of him? That you give him so much attention? That you examine him every morning and test him every moment? What is man that you make so much of him? That you give him so much attention? Ephesians chapter 4 verse 12 the Bible says here that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. The whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Not half, not 60%, not 75%, not even 98%, but the full measure. Revelation chapter 3, verse 21, the Bible says, this is Jesus speaking, to him who overcomes, I will give the right to sit with me on, a, on my throne, just as I overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. What powerful truth that comes to us this morning. So let us pray as we begin our study. Lord our God, we want to thank you so much for your love and kindness that is new to us every day. And so, Lord, we are eager to hear your word. We are eager, Lord, to receive that which comes from your mighty throne. Lord, your word says that man does not live from bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from your very mouth. Lord, and thank you that you have spoken and that you continue speaking to us even as we are going through this very uh, lesson today. So Lord, open our hearts and our minds that we can hear you speak to us. So Lord, that we can be able to put the word into practice. In Jesus' name, amen. In the book of Romans, the Bible tells us in Romans chapter 5, verse 17, For if by the trespasses of one man death reigned through that one man, how much more will those who receive God's abundant provision of grace and of the gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ? Okay, the Bible says, for if by the trespasses of the one man, death reigns in this world. And if you look around in this world, you realize that death is still reigning. The world is full of evil and destruction. And I'm not trying to pull you down, that is just a reality. Okay? Uh, I'm not trying to uh, give you a, a message of gloom, but a message of hope today. Now, God's plan is crystal clear. Man was created for God 
and he was made in his own image and likeness. Okay, so we are not secondary, you know, kind of creation, but we are primary creation. We are like no other creature in God's creation, made in his very own image, in his very own likeness. Now, that was the plan of God, and you know, we have learned throughout this year that the plan of God will come to pass. It may look impossible. It may seem like somehow these things are not going to work out, but God will have a way to work things out. And, you know, just like we have studied time and again, what God has said, that is what he's going to do. And that's why even the crown of creation, which is man, is going to come to its full uh, destiny in Christ. And that's what we are going to consider today. Now, the plan, of course, that God had experienced a setback when man derailed from the course which was mapped out. You know, the book of uh, uh, Hebrews chapter 12 tells us that there's a race that we need to run, a race that is mapped out or marked out for us. And it's very important that we understand that. You know, most people think I need to have freedom to do what I want. But the reality is, you have no freedom to choose where you are being born. You have no freedom to choose your parents. You have no freedom when the day of your death comes. You know, there are a lot of things that you cannot decide. And in between, people think they need to have freedom to just do whatever they think is, is good. And of course, that freedom puts us into trouble so many times. You know, all over the world today, we are seeing uh, all kind of... Uh, challenges, all times of troubles, all times of fights and wars going on, uh, sometimes hot wars, sometimes cold wars, because people have mapped out their freedom according to their own wishes. And when, when Adam and Eve mapped out their way away from the road that God had laid down, because God laid out a road that was leading him from creation all the way to the tree of life. Because that was the desire of God, that man would have life in God, in Christ. But then, of course, they got derailed along the way. They found some fruit on a certain tree. And, of course, that tree was very clearly a forbidden tree. God said, do not eat from that tree. But, of course, there was a voice of temptation when the serpent who was used by the devil was saying, this is the fruit that you need. Not anything else, but this is the fruit. And so man derailed. Man took his life and his future into his own hands. And what has come out of that, we see every day. You can open the newspapers, you can watch the news, you can listen to the radio, whatever, whatever news you can get on social media you hear, there's a lot of bad news in our worlds. Mankind is fallen and stricken in sin. Evil is a reality. That's why there are prisons in this world, okay? Prisons are the evidence of sin. Prisons are the evidence that we have failed the ways of God. And Jesus said when, when he was uh, coming into this world that he is going to open the prison doors, okay? He's going to reverse that which sin has created, and uh, many who have been 
putting their hope and their trust have seen prison doors opening. We, we are doing a prison work for many, many years and we have seen people who were behind bars and not by accident, but because of their actions. But some of them have given their lives to the Lord. Some have even started preaching the gospel and prison doors have opened for them and they've come out. So God can reverse all that sin has brought into our worlds. And that's what he is desiring to do in everyone's life. So man is no longer keeping and protecting the earth as was his mission. Because God gave the earth into the hands of man so that he would take care of it, that he would protect it, that he would rule it in, in favor of all of creation. And, you know, God created the world in such a way that everything can be replenished. Everything can be harmonious. Okay? There are some places where people have, uh, you know, tried to reverse the destruction that has been going on through many years. I was uh, watching a documentary uh, not long ago, and uh, somebody went into a, certain, into a certain area which was completely destroyed because people were exploiting the ground and, and, and uh, all the f uh, vegetation was destroyed and, and all the, the, uh, the fish in the, in the lakes were gone. Everything was, was completely dead. And this person, he took that area, he got the permission from the, from the government and he got that area and he restored you know, the, the ground. And, uh, you know, that was about 12, 15 years after, after he had started. This place now looked like, a, like an absolute paradise. There was lush vegetation everywhere. There was uh, the growing of different, uh, of different species of, 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 of plants, of trees. You know, it was just a powerful example of what can happen when we take care of the ground. So God has given us human beings charge over the earth. But unfortunately, man has been very good in exploiting the world and leaving deep, deep craters or craters in the ground, you know, deep holes in the ground, and then they run away because what they wanted to get out of it, they got. I think some of you know, you remember we had some big, big holes behind uh, here in Kalingalinga where people were just digging out, digging out the gravel and when everything they thought they could take, they left everything like that. And then of course when the rain comes, there's flood. Now people have built there but some of the buildings are in dangerous places because the world was destroyed. Now God has given us charge over these worlds. And God has given us the ability to make this world a paradise. But that is only possible if we ourselves get changed. If we are no longer selfishly seeking our own desires and our own benefit. Because that's the reason why, why these things get so much destroyed. So the, the, selfish man, the selfishness of man makes him careless about others, and about the creation of God as well. You know, uh, many of the, of the waters of this world are depleted of fish. Because people do not want to give creation a chance to replenish itself. 
You know, every now and then we have a fish pan where people are not supposed to do fishing at certain seasons because that's a breeding season, so that there is no fish stock going to come back into the, into the lakes. But people don't want to follow that. They don't realize that by their selfishness they destroy their future. And you know, this is true in so many different areas. Look here today, many of our uh, treasured animals have really dwindled to such an extent that uh, a number of them are threatened by extinct, extinction, and some of them have been extinct because man is so selfish. You know, people are looking for ivory, and even so, the ivory is just small. They, they are not, they're not hesitating to kill a big animal like an elephant or a rhino in order to get that ivory because of their selfishness, because of the money they think they can make out of this. And yet God has called us to take care of his creation, to rule this creation, to be there for the good of this creation, to protect it. So, earth produces plenty for everyone. But the wickedness of the world, the wickedness of, of human beings has created an Im imbalance. And that imbalance put our planet into trouble. You know, we do not give it a chance to breathe, to replenish. And the result is climate change, is our droughts, floods. And of course, God predicted us in his word. Because God knows exactly if we are selfish, then we are going to put the planet into imbalance. And things will happen that he did not intend to happen. So we were supposed to take good care of this world. Now, this is just to give you a snapshot of where we are in this world. And death still reigns. Death is still a reality. Thank God. It's not the end. It's not the last chapter. There is a new chapter, especially for those who believe in Christ. Now, the question is, uh, asked in, by, 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 in the book of Job, what is man that you give him so much attention? Later on in Psalm, we read again, Psalm chapter 8, verse 3, when I consider your heavens and the work of your fingers, the moon, the stars, which you have set in place, what is man that you are mindful of him, the son of man that you care for him? You know, that's a very important question. Can, can you see the vastness of our universe? Can you see the vastness of all the things that God has created, the variety in vegetation, the variety in, 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 in mammals and fish and, and in birds? You know, it's absolutely amazing. So God has really created plenty of everything. But what is it that God is so mindful of man? Why is he more interested in man. Is man not a lost cause? That's the question. Yes, of course, God knows that things have gone wrong. But God is able to fix it. Actually, he alone is able to fix it. And that's why God decided to do exactly that. You see, God knows the treasure that is in every single one of us. I want you to understand that. 
You know, many of us, we don't realize that. You know, when God created you, he created you beautifully and wonderfully well. He laid a treasure inside of you. Okay? You are that treasure. Okay? Some of us, we, we feel inferior. We look down on us. We, we compare with others and we think others are so big and we are so small. But that's not true. Every one of us is the handwriting of God. Every one of us is a thought of God. Every one of us is created according to God's perfect will. So there is something special about you. And that's why God will do everything for you. Okay? Even if you would have been alone in this world, he would still have sent Jesus Christ to die for you at the cross of Calvary. That's how amazing the love of God is. So God has created us special. Okay? So you are not just, you know, uh, an average guy. No, you are special. To God, we are all special. And even if we are uh, unable to see that treasure in us, when we look at the mirror, okay, maybe we don't see that treasure, but God sees it. Okay? In many people's lives who are still out in the, in the dungeons of this world or in the, in the ditches of this world, you, you look at them and you don't see the treasure. But God sees that treasure. And God wants to redeem that treasure. Because God knows what we could be. You know, when, when God called me, he didn't look at who I was at that time, but he knew who I would be. Okay? And when God calls you, don't say, I can't do it, because God can do all things. He can transform your life in ways you can never imagine. So his love redeems us from all calamity, from all sin and all negativism that we have been coming into this world with and living in this world in. So in Christ, our future is bright because God will restore everything that was lost through our own selfish walks in this world. Okay? No matter what sin may have destroyed, God can rebuild. And, and of course, we, we just need to understand that we need to give God chance. Because if we only give him a, a small time of our life, you know, if you want to grow old first before you give your life to God, uh, and you have five years of your life left, uh, then how much can he do in five years? But then, you see, it's very dangerous to do that because you could actually die before the five years you want to give God in the last, uh, in the last evening of your life. So be careful. Give your life to, you, to the Lord completely and entirely now. Give God time in your life so that he can work his wonders inside of you. So that that which he laid inside of you will come out and shine in a wonderful way. And I want to show you that. Okay, I want to show how things can shine. Now, Christ came, came to deal with our past. Okay, everything that may have happened in our life, everything that has happened uh, that went wrong in our life in the past, God has come to forgive us this sin. That's beautiful. But not only did he come to deal with our past, he is 
here in our present. And he is actually going with us step by step into a powerful and bright future. And in Christ, our future is bright because God will step by step restore things that he has laid inside of our lives that we may not have even seen them. God is not sparing any efforts to get man back to, its, to his original trajectory. Okay? We should get back to the way to the tree of life. That is Christ. Where we find life overflowing. That's why Jesus says, if you believe in me, like as scripture says, uh, streams of living water will flow from within you. That's a powerful word. And that's what God wants to do. So God can see you, not a dried river or a dried uh, pond, but he sees you as a life-giving river, a stream that brings life wherever it goes. And that's what we ought to be. And we can only do that or we can only be that if we let God work in our life and if we are no longer selfishly looking for our own benefits, but if we are allowing God to expand us into the world and, you know, Scripture says it's always better, it's almost more blessed to give than to receive because when you give, you will get back more than you have given. Okay? If you want to just get, 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 you will come to a point when, when, when you will not be able to get any more because, you know, it leaves us dry and hollow inside. But if we give, then there's always more room for God to fill the emptiness, for God to fill uh, the voids. And that's what he loves to do. So God sent his son to be the perfect model for us humans to follow. When Christ came, then God succeeded in setting up the perfect man, okay? Adam was supposed to be our role model. He was supposed to be that perfect man, but he failed. And the Bible says because he failed, we all were, drowned, uh, we were all uh, uh, sucked into a, a, a bottomless pit of sin and unrighteousness. But when Jesus came, God gave us the abundant provision of grace in Christ. And that provision is still plentiful. And so I want you to understand that God wants to fill you with his grace in a powerful and wonderful way. He has given us the gift of righteousness so that we should reign in life through the one man who is our model. That is Christ. Okay? So each and every one of us should be very clear in what we are going to head for, okay? Nobody should say, I don't know where to go. Actually, there is a very clear destiny that God has lined up for you, and that is Christ, okay? It doesn't matter what you do in life, okay? But what you should never forget is that you have a destiny, and that destiny is Christ, okay? You don't have to be in a pulpit. You can be anywhere. You can do any job. But let your destiny be Christ. Because he's the perfect model that we should live for. And so when, when God sent his son and Jesus was 
walking in this world tempted like, like we, ha- we are tempted as well. In every way, Jesus overcame. And when Jesus overcame, when Jesus refused to, to give in to temptation, when Jesus refused to give in to the, the, uh, the work of Satan, God had succeeded in establishing the model, the righteous man in this world that we can all follow. So no one of us should be now lost in this world, but we should all be clear that we have got somewhere to go, somewhere to reach. And the Bible tells us very clearly that we are called to attain the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Of course, that doesn't come overnight, and there is actually no shortcut to reach that. It is a, it is a tough way. And if you want to know how tough it is, just look at the life of Christ. You know, Jesus lived in this world, and uh, he was persecuted. He was, he was uh, you know, looked at as a, as a chief demon. They said he is betraying people, he is doing this and the other, you know, a lot of things. And of course, eventually, they came for him like a criminal. And not only did they arrest him like a criminal, but they nailed him to a cross like a chief criminal. There were two people around him who were, who were definitely uh, having a problem with the law, who came into conflict with the law. And one of them says, we are here because of our deeds. But he said, but this man has done nothing wrong. In fact, if it was for his deeds, he should have been rewarded. He should have been praised. He should have been given a lot of uh, accolades because of the many good things that he has done while he was here on earth. But Jesus laid down his life. And remember, Jesus was tempted in everything just like you and me. But he did not give up. And that's why he made the way. You know, we can walk in his footsteps. It's much easier when we walk with him because then you are not facing all the, 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 the hindrances of this world. You know, when you are, when you are driving behind a big truck, then your car is, uh, is consuming less fuel because the, 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 you know, the, the, the wind is not going to uh, restrict your vehicle as much. But even better, if we are walking in the footsteps of Christ, we are protected. We are safe as we walk with him. So let's understand, God dealt with our sin. He forgave us. There's no question about it. He forgave us what is in the past, and he will even forgive us whatever we do wrong in the future, which does not mean that God gives us a, a, a free uh, sheet of doing whatever we want to do. No, we need, we need to change our lives. And the Bible tells us that we need to get sanctified. Now, you don't get sanctified automatically. Sanctified means that we are being changed step by step, day by day, a little more into the nature of Christ. Okay? Yesterday, I was writing a letter. If you want it, you can get it. 
you know, and I was saying that the book of uh, 1 Corinthians says that love always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres, always. Imagine, always. And you may say, but that's impossible. We are human beings. We have got failures. We have got weaknesses. This is impossible. And yet what is impossible with man is possible with God. And you know, we are on a trajectory of transformation, of change. You know, the Bible says without sanctification, no one will see the Lord. Now, it's all good and nice if you have come to the Lord, if you have received salvation for, for your, your sin. But if you are not changing, not transforming, you're not changing into, nature, into, the, into the nature of Christ. And that's what we require. We all need that. We can't do without. So God is busy working in each and every one of us to build us up. Even through the battles that we are facing, God is building up our life. You may not like what you're experiencing, but God has designed it for a purpose. Okay? So don't reject what you are facing on, on your road because it will shape you in ways that you don't even understand. For you to succeed, you need to go through these challenges that you're facing in your world. And you should not just moan and cry and, and ask God to take it away, you know, but you should say, if it's your will, let me do it. Okay, let me go through it. Let this thing do in my life what it is intended to do. Amen? Let me take you to the book of James, or, or F, uh, Ephesians rather, Ephesians 4 verse 15. The Bible says here, instead speaking the truth in love. I want to, to underline that, speaking the truth in love. We will in all things grow up into him who is the head, that is Christ. From him the whole body, joined and held together by every support, supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. Now that's an amazing revelation. You know, God tells us that we need to speak truth. You see, uh, nothing that God does will be done without his truth. Okay? Truth is the word that he speaks. When God created, he said, let there be light. And there was light. Isn't it? So God is not making empty words. You know, when, when we speak, sometimes, you know, you can get, you can get uh, the opinion that we are talking, 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 but there's no substance behind it. Have you, have you listened to people who are talking for one hour and they haven't said anything? That is a waste of time. Okay, there are some people who are especially good in that. Some people can talk, I tell you, you know. They have got a charismatic way to talk, but then 
you, they talk and talk, and after an hour or two, you wonder, what actually was the essence of this? Was there anything out for me? You know, the, word, the, the world is full of words which are totally empty. But the words of God are filled with power and life. And that's why we see clearly here that God says, speaking the truth in love. Okay? So we need to have the truth and we must speak truth. We must speak the word of God. You know, truth doesn't come from us. It doesn't originate from within us. Truth originates from him. From Christ our Lord. From God our Father. Okay? But then, you know, truth must not be handled carelessly. Because some people, they think they have the truth, but they don't handle it in love. And the Bible is very clear that we must speak truth in love. Okay, now what does this result into? You know, so often the church is, uh, the church and even believers are found on the wrong side of the equation. Remember the story of, of uh, Jesus being in the temple and as he was uh, in the temple, all of a sudden there was a lot of commotion around and uh, as he was wondering what was going on, the, there was a crowd of people who brought uh, a woman into, into the temple and, and just threw her down on the floor in front of Jesus. And then of course, <clears throat> They began with their accusations. This woman what? This woman is this. Okay, she was an adulterous woman. And yes, even Jesus did not say, no, it's not true what you're saying. Actually, he knew that they, what they were saying is true. So this woman was caught in adultery. The question is, why did they only bring the woman? If they were able to catch the woman, why not the man? Okay. So already they were not in truth. They were claiming to speak for the truth, but they were not in the truth. And so many times we are claiming to be in the truth, but if we don't have love, then our accusations are useless. Okay? And in fact, the truth should not make us judgmental, but the truth should make us loving. Okay? And that is what is wrong in the world today. You know, we are seeing a lot of sad situations in the world happening. I'm sure you have heard of people who were uh, trying to evangelize and threaten people with hellfire. And they saw this is a good way of evangelizing people. Let me tell you, people are not responding to threats. People are responding to love. Okay? And we need to reach out in love to people. You know, love is a universal language everybody understands. If we really reach out with true love, then we will have open hearts because people long for love. People are hungry for love. People are looking for answers in these worlds. And yet, many of us, we are so good in accusations, we are so good in and, 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 and breathing fire on the, on the sinners. Now, Jesus told us that he has come as the doctor to bind up the wounds of those who are sick. Amen? He has not come for the righteous, but he has come for those who are in need, for those who need help. And we need to 
make sure that we are walking in the same footsteps of Christ. You know, uh, every time has it got its own, its own challenges. And it seems we Christians, we always fall into the ditch again and again and again. I was watching a news item the other day. Uh, there, was a, there was a story about Ghana. And uh, in Ghana, now they are trying to bring laws which are going to threaten people who are living gay or homosexuality with uh, amazing, uh, you know, with amazing uh, tough uh, uh, sentences. And unfortunately, the one, the, this is driven by churches. And again, these churches are driven by some, you know, overseas agencies who are, who are having an agenda to, to push this, uh, this matter forward. Now, you see, the truth is the truth. And the Bible tells us that God has made us male and female and that man shall leave father and mother and be joined to his wife. That's the normal way of, of, of fellowship and relationship. We know that. Now, if people are failing to do that, and of course it happens everywhere in the world. Some people say this is an, an African, this is not happening in our world. It's happening here too, okay? Now you may say, okay, let's, let's eradicate these people. But are you going to shoot everybody who, who is a sinner? Do you know that the biggest sin is not homosexuality? The biggest sin is not stealing? The biggest sin is not killing? Do you know what the biggest sin is? Okay. What is the greatest commandment? Let me say it the other way around. Love the Lord your God, okay, with all of your strength, with all of your ability, with all of your mind. So if this is the greatest, com if this is the greatest commandment, then what is the greatest sin? Failing to love Jesus, isn't it? But then we fail to love Jesus, but at the same time we are trying to retaliate for people who are not like us. Now, listen. I'm not the judge of these worlds. Neither should anybody be. You know, what is right and wrong, it is determined by scripture. And I'm not going to say this is right when, uh, when the scripture says it's wrong. But at the same time, I'm not condemning those who have fallen, those who have gone astray. You know, this woman that was lying in front of Jesus, she was guilty. She couldn't even plead for mercy because... You know, the evidence was overwhelming. The witnesses were, that were around her were too many. What could she say? And you know what Jesus did? Jesus did not judge her. Even so, Jesus is the righteous judge. But then, you know, Jesus came into this world and he said, I have not come to judge the world, but to save the world. Amen? Judgment will come. It will come at its own time. God has, has reserved time for judgment, but it's not today. Okay? Unless God decides to judge a certain thing at a certain time. It may be today. But we are still in the time of grace. And so this woman was in front of Jesus, and of course, he could have judged her. That lady. And says, okay, 
you did what you were not supposed to do. You broke the law. And she had no words. She couldn't say anything. She couldn't defend herself. But you know, instead of dealing with this woman, Jesus is now dealing with the guys who are accusing. Okay? And it's very dangerous to be an accuser, especially to be an accuser of the brethren. Because don't forget, you know, whenever you are pointing a finger at some, the other fingers are pointing back to you. Okay, you may point at somebody, but three fingers at least point back to you. So three times as much as you're accusing somebody else, you are accusing yourself. Okay? So these men, they were 100% sure that Jesus would be forced to finally do what they wanted her, him to do. Okay, go and stone her. In fact, they had the stones in their hands. They would have stoned her right there inside the temple. And Jesus was kneeling down and he was writing on the ground. Okay? I'm sure there was good dust there to write on. Okay, he didn't have a pen. He didn't need one. But he used his fingers and he wrote things into the ground, into the dust of the ground. The Bible doesn't say what he wrote. Okay? We don't know. We have no clue what he was writing. But then, when he rose up again, you know, he, he was able to stand confronting the accusers. I'm sure that he was writing uh, probably from the biggest to the smallest all their sins on the ground. Okay? That's just my own, my own take. You know, I don't know. I, I cannot say this is the word of God, but this is what I think. What else, would God, what else would Jesus have written on the ground? So he looked at these guys, you know, those who made the most noise, and he said, okay, thief. <laughs> Boasting. Killing. You know, there, there may be a lot of things that have gone wrong, but you see, because this woman was caught and the mob came together, and you know, mobs are always dangerous. Don't ever find yourself in a mob. Because when you are found in a mob, when you're standing before a judge, he's not asking what the mob thought, what the mob tell, told you to do. They will ask you, what did you do? Okay? And so Jesus confronted them personally. Okay? And that's why I believe he was writing on the ground. And then he rose up and he says, okay, those of you who are without sin, and I believe he, he, he addressed those people in front of him that he understood. Those people without sin. And this was not just like a weak human being's talk. This was so powerful, so pricking. It was like a, like a thought going into their hearts. And he says, those of you without sin, please go ahead and throw the first stones. And throw, stones were thrown on the ground. Boom, boom, boom. They dropped on the ground. Because all of a sudden these stones which they wanted to kill this sinner with were so hot in their hands that they couldn't hold them anymore. And the Bible tells, tells us that from the biggest to the smallest they left, you know, those who were the biggest problems with their, with their wrongdoing they, they knew. I mean, it was burning inside of their hearts. 
you know, all of a sudden the accusations came back to them and they walked out until no one was left. I mean, these were self-righteous people, you understand? They wanted to judge. And you know, we see that today in our world. You know, even if you're a child of God, don't be a judge. You're not appointed to be a judge. You're not appointed to be self-righteous. You're not appointed to lift yourself above others. Actually, you are appointed to be a servant of all. You're supposed to humble yourself and help those people who are in need. But we seem to get this thing wrong. Okay? And unfortunately, I hear very, very sad voices of leaders in our nation, which are very frightening. So let's stand for the truth spoken in love. Amen? Spoken in love. That means Jesus came to be our servant. He humbled himself to serve us. He could have been our ruler. He could have been our judge. And when finally all of these people had gone and the woman was alone there, Jesus was counseling her and says, okay, don't do this anymore. Okay? And he says, where are your judges? And she said, well, I don't know. I'm surprised. You know? I'm wondering also, you know, what is going on? I saw myself as sure that, I mean, these are my words. This is what I'm imagining. You understand? Uh, I'm sure I'm, I'm a dead person. And now my accusers are gone. And Jesus said, okay, I will also not judge you. You know, the only one who had the right to judge was Jesus. But he didn't do it. Jesus was the righteous judge. Is the righteous judge. He had the right to speak judgment over her, but he says, I'm also not judging you. So now go and sin no more. Amazing. You see, this is how Jesus opened the doors for people who have got great value because God saw the value even in this woman. He saw the treasure in this woman like in everybody else. So let us reach the people of this world, people who are twisted, people who are far away from the presence of God, but let's reach out in love. You know, love can reach anywhere. Jesus has proved it. You know, God sent his son because he loved the world so much and love had to come into these worlds. Amen. So God is calling us to speak the truth in love. Because then, in all things, we will grow up to him. That's interesting. In all things. Okay, always. Always love. Always trust. Always persevere. This is powerful. Isn't it? By the way, you know, if you read uh, the book of 1 Corinthians 4 to, uh, 4 to 8, this is a description of Jesus himself. Love never fails. You can always put, instead of love, Jesus. Jesus never fails. Amen? And you know, it's a, it's a model that God has given to us in Christ so that we walk with him. And the Bible says that we can grow, that we will in all things grow up to him who is the head that is Christ. So, 
Don't ever say it. It's, it's impossible. I can't do this. This is not possible in my life. It is possible. Amen? It is very much possible. And the Bible says that we are joined and held together by every supporting ligament growing and building itself up in love. Hey, this is powerful. So God wants us to speak truth, but speak it in love. And let love flourish. Let love flow in a powerful way. Now man is the creation of God. In fact, he is the, the crown of God's creation. And, you know, God tells us that we will sparkle like jewels in a crown. In the book of Zechariah, chapter 9, verse 16, the Bible says, the Lord, that God will save them. Okay, praise the Lord, he has saved us. Amen? And when God saved us, there's always a result there. So God saved them on that day as the flock of his people. They will sparkle in, the, in his land like jewels in a crown. Praise God. Hey, that's why, you know, God goes for you, goes to find even the very last lost sheep because we are all like jewels in a crown. Sparkling in his land. Okay? You know, something shining. That's why Jesus said, you are the light of the world. You are, you, are, you know, like shining like, like a diamond. That's powerful. Now let me quickly read a few verses from the book of Isaiah chapter 62. Verse 1. The Bible says, For Zion's sake I will not keep silent. For Jerusalem's sake I will not remain quiet till her righteousness shines out like the dawn. Her salvation like a blazing torch. Okay, in case you don't know, Jerusalem, that is us. Okay, it's not a city somewhere in the Middle East. No, the new Jerusalem is us, the body of Christ, the church of the living gods. Amen? And the Bible clearly says that we are to shine, you know. We are to, to, to shine out like the dawn, like a blazing torch. The nations will see your righteousness and all kings your glory. And you will be called by a new name. Okay? You will be called by a new name. Listen, are you interested to understand your new name? Okay? You will be called by a new name that the mouth of the Lord will bestow. You will be a crown of splendor in the Lord's hand, a royal diadem in the hand of your gods. Hey, are you hearing? You know, this is, this is God's truth spoken in love. God has a, a wonderful future for each and every one of us. And then scripture says, no longer will they call you deserted or name you your land desolate, but you will be called Hepzibah and your land Beulah, for the Lord will take delight in you and your land will be married. As a young man marries a maiden, so will your sons marry you. As a bridegroom rejoices over his bride, so will your God rejoice over you. Praise God. 
the Lord will take delight in you. You see, this is why God sent his son. This is why no effort was too much in order to bring us back from our fallen state, far away from the living God, back to the heart of God, so that we can be restored, so that we can be able to come back to the original intent of our gods. James chapter 1 verse 12 says, Blessed is the man. Okay, blessed is the man. I mean, we all want to be blessed. Huh? Many people, they are saying, Pastor, pray for me that I'm blessed. But uh, listen, blessed is the man who perseveres under trial. So if I ask for your blessings, then I must ask for trials to come so that you can learn to persevere. <laughs> Simple. You don't believe me? Read it. Meditate upon it. That's what it says. Okay? Blessed is the man who perseveres under trial because when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life. You won't receive the crown of, li the crown of life without persevering. Okay? You see, life has a destiny. And the destiny is in Christ. And in Christ, we are going to be lifted up to that position that God has created us for. We are part of the family of God. We are created for God to be with him forever and ever. And like we have read in the book of Romans, you know that we have God's abundant provision of grace and the gift of righteousness so that we reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ. Amen. So that is what God has for us. Revelation chapter 3 verse 11 says, I'm coming soon. Hold on what you have. Hold on to what you have so that no one will take your crown. Him who overcomes, I will make a pillar in the temple of my God. Never again will he leave it. I will write on him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem, which is coming down out of heaven from my God, and I will also write on him my new name. Wow. So, there's a new destiny. A name is uh, not just, you know, a, a label in, in the, in the uh, original intent of the, uh, the Bible. You know, in, in the book of uh, uh, in the books of the Bible we find many times people are given names they have a meaning, they have a message okay, and God is giving us a new name he's removing the old names our old, our old way of life is going to be removed to give us a new name so God will succeed with his plan together with all those who are following his words. Those who are obedient to his words. For eternity to come, we'll be able to enjoy the fellowship with our creator. And you know, if we remain in, in Christ, like, a, like a, a branch remains in the vine, then we'll continuously receiving the flow of life from Christ himself. We're continuously receiving the blessings from above. And God is busy fulfilling his plan in your life and in my life. We are the crown of creation. On me, you, and all of us, 
are created in the image and in the likeness of God. Okay, only human beings. And let me tell you, it's not just us who have received Christ, but even those who have not yet received him, they were equally created in the image and the likeness of God. And we must speak truth to them. We must reach out with the truth in love, not judgmental, not with accusation, but we must speak truth in love. And remember, we are the crown of God's creation and God is actually going to give us a crown and make sure that no one can take that crown from you. You know, a crown is a, is a symbol of rulership. It's a symbol of being in charge. And God says he gives you the crown of life. That means you have mastered the situations of life. You have overcome the temptations. You have gone through the, the pitfalls and the darknesses of this world and you have come out victorious. And the Bible tells us that we can do all things with Christ who strengthens us. Amen? So may we all remember that very word of God. That we are to be a crown shining like a royal diadem. Amen? We are the light of the world. And uh, God is very clearly saying that he will delight in us. You know, he, he, you, you don't have to be afraid that when you come before the Lord and there is a crowd here, that he will prefer others and not you. Actually, he will prefer all of us. He wants nobody to be lost. That's why Jesus told us the, the story of the lost coin, the lost sheep, and the lost son. They have a message that we are very important. God has us on his heart, and he doesn't want any one of us to be lost. Because God has created a powerful and wonderful future for all of us. May God bless you. Amen. Let us pray. Lord our God, we are so grateful for the truth of your word. Lord, you have emphasized that we have value, that we mean a lot to you. Lord, that you are willing to transform and change our life from what we used to be into something powerful and something valuable for you. Thank you, Lord, that you have created us beautifully and wonderfully well. Your word says that every day is written in your book. Lord, you mean well for each and every one of us. You have got a great future prepared for us. Help us, Lord, not to get derailed like Adam did. Not to miss our destiny as we have so many times done before. But, Lord, that we are lining up to the word of truth that we are following the example of Jesus Christ that we walk in his footsteps and Lord that we will be transformed day by day into the very nature of Christ thank you Lord that you have given us a very clear picture a very clear model a very clear revelation in Christ that we can be like him 
and rule with him and reign